1: Well, it may have saved free speech in America. I guess that remains to be seen. Um, (laughs) I certainly stopped. I I think it will be interesting to see next year what role Twitter does or does not play in these presidential elections. And then the the behind-the-scenes certainly will be better because I think those guys and all the big social media uh, companies were very devious in the way they managed communication amongst American citizens and the groups they're associated with. And we still haven't gotten to the bottom of that. And it's interesting what motivates these national reporters to really dig, dig, dig into a story. And they're saying, like, eh, no problem. Yeah, because they got the end result they wanted. And I, I'm just hopeful, not that I use Twitter that much, that, that Twitter will – is it is it wrong for me to say I'd like for them just to be neutral? Just let people say what they want to say. You know? everything that everyone called a conspiracy theory. Oh my god, that's that's not true. There's no Hunter Biden laptop. That's not true. Well, it was true. You know, all this stuff that 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 the left wing overzealous media corporate types, denied turned out to be true so if you ever wonder why i have soured on believing people just because they got a lot of money and they got a title you don't need to look too far 2020 really was an eye-opening experience for me and i know some of you think i've, I've gone kind of to the extreme if you're not here with me honestly i think you should do a little uh, little more investigation on your own i'm not telling you what to think you you look but if you haven't looked and you think I'm the extremist, then I would suggest that you haven't done your homework here. Eight oh seven on this Friday morning is the twenty seventh day of October, twenty twenty three. I'm John Reed, and glad you were with us here on News Radio WRVA. Now, I talked to several people yesterday who had some bad news, or at least in my perspective, they had some bad news that the um, long delay in picking a new speaker maybe not getting rid of kevin mccarthy but the long delay in picking a new speaker and the multiple rounds of like oh we picked somebody no we haven't picked somebody we picked somebody now we we found out something we don't like about him now we're gonna not go with this person that it's done a lot of harm to the elections here in virginia for republicans that you know the the people are on the bubble who are kind of barely paying attention this didn't help republican candidates i don't know how bad how badly did it hurt? If it hurt, we are going to find out in uh, in a little more than a week, right? Jen Kiggins is the new Congresswoman from the 2nd Congressional District, and she joins us uh, this morning to kind of talk through her perspective on this, what she saw, and and her calculations. Good morning, Congresswoman. I appreciate you coming on with us. Good morning, John. It's great to be back. Well. Tell me what your perspective was this whole process. You weren't one of the eight that voted to get rid of Kevin McCarthy. um, But what was your reaction when that went down? Did you you talk to your fellow Republican, Bob Good, about it? Did you have feelings about that one way or the other that you could share publicly? Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, that was was a frustrating day for so many of us. For 96% of our conference, actually, our Republican caucus, we... uh, so, you know, Kevin, was, it's a hard job to be Speaker of the House. And I thought we were accomplishing a lot of the objectives that we had set, our commitment to America. We were passing bills uh, with regularity and, and getting the country back on the right track and demonstrating what Republican conservative leadership looked like. And, and the fact that eight members took it upon themselves to vacate the chair and leave us without a leader uh, and without a direction, they didn't have a plan in place at all. Uh, after that that uh, vacancy so it, it was frustrating we all just de- all of a sudden found ourselves floundering because eight people were not happy that Kevin mccarthy had actually worked across the aisle and not shut the government down I, that people need to know that that's why they did that that because he he was backed into a corner we did not pass a continuing resolution on the day before that that last day of september as you remember was the day that we either need to get get a continuing resolution passed or the government would have shut down we had a a great conservative one on the the day prior that we had offered that did have a lot of spending cuts that did include border security and we had a lot of our you know farther farther right kind of uh, faction that did not it wasn't enough for them they voted against it ken mccarthy was backed into a wall where he had to then work with democrats to pass a clean cr we called it a clean continuing resolution which was kind of an extension of the current budget, we had to do that to not shut down the government down. And for people like me, that represent a district where we have a lot of military, a lot of defense contractors, and uh, and people that really federal employees that just rely on that federal paycheck. You know, that that wasn't a, a risk that he was willing to take, and that I was willing to take, and that most of our conference wasn't willing to take. So we kept the government open, but uh, but those eight members then we are we're quite upset with Kevin McCarthy and we saw what played out after that.
1: Yeah. Um when Jim Jordan's name came up and you know it's been 3 weeks and there were so many names that popped up and different people took different stances if I'm if I remember correctly you weren't ready to just jump in and go with Jim Jordan. Is that accurate and if it is that can is, you t- That is
2: correct. Yeah, what was we, we your went, thought on uh, that? We- we went behind closed doors, as as per our conference rules, and we elected uh, another candidate to okay. nominate for speaker, and that was Steve Scalise. Uh, he was our, 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 you know, he he has a great reputation as a as staunch conservative. Uh, but Steve Scalise didn't have the numbers. Uh, we kind of try to work out our differences behind closed doors before we go on the floor. Uh, but so, so he stepped down because he knew he didn't have that 217 votes, and then we saw Jim Jordan step up. Now, that was, uh, he, Jim, is a person who voted to shut the government down. He and I spoke three different occasions uh, about the prioritizing defense spending. Uh, and I needed to reassure district that the defense budget would not be cut. I mean, we look at what's going on in the world right now. We've sent two carrier battle groups to stop the coast of Israel. Uh, you know, as a Navy veteran who represents so much active duty military and their families, uh, again, and federal employees, I wasn't willing to To take that risk and he could not reassure me that we would not cut the defense budget and that that is already inadequate in my opinion and also that he would not uh, shut the government down again so I can't I can't support and he knew uh, it was very clear again we spoke several times that those priorities just didn't align for me you know I I respect Jim Jordan he's doing a great job in Judiciary Committee I he he is a staunch conservative a person that I respect but uh, but when you're talking to the Speaker of the House position, you know, that's third line from the presidency. Uh, it's, we've got all of these appropriations bills that we have got to get passed before that that deadline coming up. We only passed a 45-day resolution. So we've got work to do, and the fence budget should be, you know, off the table. And, and so I couldn't support that, you know, that nominee and and supported a different Republican nominee, but just not him. There was a whole group of us. Now, there were so many of us. and The numbers were growing. We went back. The conference and voted on secret ballot and we actually had 112 members so a majority of our conference that uh, did not want us to Jim Jordan going forward they just had not been able to do that on the floor uh, so then we went back through the process again we had another candidate forums. we were literally locked in a room for about uh, three weeks where we right. they took our cell phones they fed us a lot of junk food and we tried to work it out and then got through uh, Tom Emmer eventually getting to Mike Johnson
1: and how do you feel about mike johnson i i know that i've seen him on tv a couple of times and of course the press is doing their uh darndest to make him seem like he's an extremist he's a wacko they're they're trying to destroy his reputation before he even gets started how do you feel about him
2: yeah i like mike johnson he is uh he's not not quite the firebrand that jim jordan was he is a a good Republican, staunch conservative, he represents Louisiana, so he comes from a different district than the one I represent. So, you know, I I, I called him, too, uh, had the opportunity to speak with him before I supported him and said, hey, this is my priority, the defense budget. You need to reassure me that it's off the table. We will not be cutting the defense budget. And also that government shutdown is off the table. That would have... Have horrible impacts for for my district and so many others around the country. And he was able to provide that reassurance for me, uh, which was most important, and led to my decision to support him. Uh, you know, the media is going to they're, they're going to find all the dirty laundry and they're you know they they'll do their deep dives. But he's a great guy. He is a kind person. He is uh, he's very faith based. He uh, is a good listener. I I think he's you know he wasn't on the top of our list uh, in the beginning, but we went through the whole process. The process took a while. I know people were getting frustrated with it, but I think in the end, uh, we got a great guy and a great leader.
1: Right. What's it like uh, with your colleagues now? This was a long, I my my word, brutal process. <laughs> it seems like it wasn't exactly <laughs> yeah. a nice uh, nice to good times for everybody. Is or is there a way to? now that there is a leader to just pick up and move forward? Or is there still going to be some infighting, you think?
2: Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different voices in our Republican conference. There's people like me that represent a district that Biden won that we would consider a purple district. Yeah, that was a tough fight. You know, we don't have a huge majority because we were not able to flip as many seats as we wanted, but we flipped enough to get right, a three-seat majority. But we have to be mindful of of myself, and there's actually 18 of us who represent Biden districts, we call them, and uh, you know we we've got to come back, right? We've got to come back if we want to maintain that majority. So I appreciate that there are been and uh, you know there are people that represent much brighter red districts than mine. And but we need to be kind of cognizant going forward uh, into into what we're doing, what we're bringing to the floor. We've got to get the country back on the right track. We've got to cut cut spending overall. We've got to secure the border. We've got to make sure that you know we're looking out for the military, but we also uh, you know, have to be kind of mindful of our of our more purple district members. So yeah. I think it's going to be a conversation of progress. There's a lot of healing that needs to happen. I feel like we, we are more unified. Jim, uh, or, uh, Mike Johnson got a uh, unanimous vote off the floor, so that was great. But there's a little bit of hurt feelings and what, what happened with Kevin McCarthy. We need to make sure that the minority does not continue to rule the majority because that is not representative government and that's un-American.
1: And it'll cause a lot of problems and make it almost impossible to stay in in uh, in have good governance governance and stay in power. And I see that the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee has you targeted as one of the people they're trying to take out here. So it's right. I, I think you're wise to be cautious. And I, of course, always appreciate the chance to hear directly from you, Congresswoman, and not just rumors. Yeah. You know, I, I thank you for coming on. Here in richmond
2: yeah thank you so much for, for letting me explain just what happened i know it was a frustrating process for all of america i know you mentioned virginia elections and uh you know we're we're all anxiously awaiting those re- results we've got to take back the senate this year we've got to hold the house i know the governor's been been working so hard as a, you know as well as our all of our candidates and uh we're excited we have work to do we're going to try to keep our Act together up in Washington, D.C., so that the impact is minimal <laughs> on all of our great candidates that are running this year.
1: Congresswoman Jen Kiggins from the 2nd Congressional District down at Tidewater, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Don. 818. We're back with more in a moment on News Radio WRVA.